Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy I'm Monday. Happy Monday. It is Monday, <laughs> actually already. Has it really? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, always, you know, always getting the kids to school. It's just a little bit of madness. Yeah, same. Waking my cat up in the morning. Dang it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, well, I'm Jess. I'm Tiffany, and this is the Beyond Aesthetics podcast. Welcome. So, so stoked to be here. Welcome. This is going to be our first official episode. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's such a fun one. This is one that we chose because it's just fun and different. And yes, we are going to have our episodes with each of our stories and really taking a deep dive into our career stories. Mine will probably have to be like a two-part episode. But we want to do something fun and different just so that you guys can get to know us on another weird level. and. So <laughs> what we're doing is we are going to play 20 questions. So I have 10 questions for Tiffany and Tiffany has 10 questions for me. We're not aware of what these questions are. So this is a surprise to both of us and that's why it's going to be so fun. So fun. And you know what's fun? Like we we think we know each other really well, but I swear on my life, every time we talk, I learn something new. So I'm really excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Who wants to start? Um, I want you to go first. You want me to ask you questions or you want to yeah. ask me questions? Yeah. You want yeah. me to ask you questions? Yes. Okay. Number one is perfect because of what you're doing right now. How do you <laughs> like your how do you like your coffee? I like my coffee hot and black. Mm. Yeah, that is my mm. preferred method. I of course like fruit fruit coffees, you know, add some sugar in there and some vanilla. But my go-to, especially in the morning, hot black coffee. I love that. It's just like, like my soul, but that's not true. That's not true, but it is a funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. What do you think is the number one trait that you possess that has led to your ongoing success? I would say my authenticity and my ability to be vulnerable over and over and over again. I have a pretty big presence on social media. So just being able to show up and do so even when it's hard, even when I don't feel like it. Um, and then also truly like my ability to prioritize and build connection and nourish my relationships within my community for my business. That's probably the biggest one. I pride myself on that. And I think it is so important to do, to really focus on building your relationships and then nourishing those relationships and then building your community around your business. And that's something that has helped um, me and my success in my business. And I've seen it in other businesses as well that I admire. And that's something that I really, truly like to help coach others and their businesses do because it's just such a foundation for success. Yeah, it's really... 
been interesting to watch you do that too, because it wouldn't necessarily be my number one thing that I would think would be a part of somebody's success to build a community, right? Like my mind always immediately goes to just building your brand, you know, strengthening your relationships with your clients. Let's look at the bottom line. But watching you do this has been really interesting. And um, one beautiful thing about you, I remember last, let's see, it would have been May of 2022 when I was there for the Mother's Day event. And I remember I'm quite observant and I was standing towards the back and just watching you interact with these women, but also watching these women interact with each other. And the first thought on my mind was, you know, what you have been able to bring to the women of that town. You know, it's a small town. It's like a ranchy town. And I was like, this is now just a community of women in person, but also online who is starting to pour into themselves and take care of themselves because it's like the last thing that most women do. We tend to take care of everybody else but ourselves. And so I, that was when it really dawned on me how important that is for success. And it was really, really cool to see. And you're a really great example of that. Thank you so much. It's It means a lot to me. And it's been, it has been some hard work, but also I think it's so important for um, being able to like not carry the load by yourself as well. Once you yeah. can build that community, then it's not all on you because then you have these women or these relationships that can lean on each other. And they're not just coming straight to you and your business for the answers. They can kind of look to each other. And so that's part of the reason why I think it's so important too, and why you can like level up and project that success within a business. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. I love that. Such a great answer. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure? Um, Chocolate and Bread always. Is this a food question? I can't remember. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. What is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> always chocolate, always bread. But I mean, food in general, I think, is my biggest guilty pleasure. I love in that. Life. I yeah. love that. So I know that you like you love to take baths, right? You love your bath time and you love to eat um, chocolate in the bath. Would you yeah. eat? Would you eat bread in the bath then? No, <laughs> that's too slutty for me. <laughs> chocolate in the tub is fine. In the tub is just like you know. Can you imagine just laying in your tub and you've got like candles and your bath salts and some bubbles and you're like eating buttered bread? <laughs> No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in my life that I probably wouldn't be able to come back from if that was. <laughs> I will t- I will definitely take, you know, some decadent chocolate with me or a brownie or something like that to snack on. If you don't mm-hmm. if you're a tub taker and you don't like indulge with something sweet while you're in the tub, you are missing out on life. Yeah, nope, I definitely would agree with that. I love that. I started doing it when I saw you do it. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's a Awesome. What's the best advice you could give about being a mom and a business owner? And what has that whole experience been like for you? I think my best advice. So I have three kids and I truly, I started my business before I became a mom. And so 
but I really started to grow my business in the midst of having my babies and I had my babies back to back. So it was looking back, it was just craziness. Uh, my best advice would be to, to put your energy where it needs to be and focus that energy there so that you can give yourself to your other aspects. I don't know if that makes sense or not. So basically what I'm saying is to, when you need to be a mom, put your focus and your energy there for your kids and for yourself. When you need to, of course, your kids are going to have demands from you, but uh, maybe schedule in some time or lean on some friends or family or a resource to help you with your kids so that you can put your energy back into your business or what you're trying to grow and focus on as well. And um, not to say that you have to separate the two, because I think that's so hard because I don't know if that's possible, especially if you're like in the midst of having babies and stuff like that, but to really try and just schedule in some time for the things that you want to work on and grow and then do that with focus. And then when you're back in mom mode, you can put your energy and your time there. So you're not like trying to be a mom, but your mindset is over here on your business and you're just like being pulled I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's really so it reminds me of that post uh, that I put on my story from Andy Frisella when he was talking about, because you and I all, always talk about like, there's just no such thing as balance. Like no. there just isn't. Like, I'm sorry, but I think you're setting yourself up for failure when you have that mindset. Uh, it's more about just being present wherever you are. So when you're being a mom, just be a mom and be fully present in that. And when you are working on your business, be fully present in that too. And when you're being a wife, be fully present in that too. And then, you know, make sure that you've scheduled yourself accordingly as well, right? So when you do need to work on your business a little bit more and set that time aside, it's on your schedule and you can just ask for help from your family members or, you know, a resource to make sure that then, you know, again, you're able to be fully present in that moment too. And then you're not going to look back, you know, because you're always going to look back and, and feel bad if you're trying to create balance in your life. That's because it's just not possible. But if you will look, you'll be able to look back and be like, dang, when I was a mom, I was so fully present and I was so in that. And I'm so grateful, especially because they grow up so fast. So fast. And I just want to touch on too, that it is possible to do both. I think a lot of people get in their head that if they're, you know, having babies and they're being a mom, they can only be a mom mm -hmm. and or vice versa. If they're trying to grow their business, they need to wait to have kids or whatever. It is so possible to be both. And it's so beautiful to be both too, because it kind of creates and like transpires you into this um, multidimensional superwoman that you can, um, it just, it's so possible. And then also keep in mind that you're not going to like miss out on opportunities because you are prioritizing one or the other, especially if you're prioritizing your children. And mm -hmm. this is something that I struggled with when I was in it. And it's some really good advice that I can share with others who maybe are in it too, to like not be afraid that you're going to miss an opportunity or you're going to like fall behind in this race because there's no race. And so like, it's okay. It's okay to take your time, take maternity leave, take your clients are going to come back to you. You're going to, your people will find you. They will come back to you and um, you're not like going to lose anything in that. 
uh, I've watched it happen over and over and over. In fact, I am watching that happening with my friend Janae right now. We both know Janae. She is freaking adorable. And she finally just came back to work after her mat leave and she's already booked. Like all of her clients, you know, came right back and got some new clients and whatever. And yeah, I love that you, there is no race. That's a yeah. big one. That's huge. I love that. <laughs> so good. Okay. This is a really important one, and this is actually something that people ask me about you all the time. How do you find the confidence to show up so authentically on Instagram all the time? You're so authentic. You're one of the most authentic people that I have ever met, especially in the way that you're showing up on social media, and that's not an easy thing to do. So how have you been able to do that so successfully and rinse and repeat over and over again? Thank you. It's not easy to do. Um, I always come back to, I know my authenticity is directly correlated with my success. And in order to reach and help the people that I truly want to connect with in the world, I know that I have to 100% be aligned with who I am and share that. And it's not easy. It's sometimes so hard. And I definitely take my breaks and I definitely get down about it. And I go through the motions that social media brings. And I think anybody who's on social media can relate to that. But at the, like, I just always come back to that feeling and that goal and that vision and that drive that I have. My, I'm very clear about my goals, about where I want to go, who I want to reach, who my ideal customer is, who I'm talking to when I'm on social media. And I come back to that knowing that in order to reach them and relate to them and connect with them. Again, it comes back to connection, actually. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation. I have to be my most authentic self and I have to share what I'm going through and share my ideas and my creativity with them in order to connect. So truly it comes back to connection. I love that. And it the more that we can be our authentic selves, the more it gives other people permission to just be their authentic selves too. And I think that that is one thing that you've really cultivated is just setting the example of being exactly who you are. Yeah. And that's like beautiful. Thank you. I think too, like owning that leadership role Hmm. is because I, there were, there's been a lot of years or it's taken me a lot of years excuse me, to get to this leadership role and to own that energy. And it feels so good now that I'm here. Yeah. I love that. I love to hear that. And it's been fun watching you be that too and, and really step into that. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Have you had any embarrassing moments in the treatment room? (sighs) Always always tripping over something, a cord or like slamming my foot or my knee against something. I try really hard to like cultivate just this peaceful, serenity, quiet, you know, energy for my client that's on the table, especially when I'm getting a facial. So, I mean, that's not super embarrassing, but I always like die, die inside when I like, you know, drop the glass bottle on the floor and they like physically jolt. I'm just like, sorry. <laughs> not super embarrassing, but I hate it. Yes. That's <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. Okay. Question seven. What is your weakest area as an esthetician? And then also, what do you think your like strongest area or your specialty is? Um, Like as an esthetician in the treatment room yeah. or just overall? Esthetician in the treatment room. 
Um, honestly, I'm going to be super honest right now. It's sugaring. So I started learning how to sugar back in May and it has been such a process to learn. It's not easy. It's like, it's such an art. If any of you out here sugar, then you know that it is an art. There's such a learning curve with it. I've waxed for going on 12 years now. And like, I can do a Brazilian wax with my eyes closed and do it perfectly within like eight minutes and it's done. And then (laughs) trying to do a sugared Brazilian is like been so frustrating. It has been good for me though, because it's like tested my ego and probably to actually answer your question, it's my ego. That is my weakest area as an esthetician. Um, so it's really tested that because from going from being an expert at something to being a beginner and, um, especially after over a decade of being, doing something really well, it's been hard and it's been hard to navigate with my clientele and actually help them through that process and help, you know, teach them to trust the process and to trust me. And, um, so that's been really hard or I'm still working on it. I'll keep you guys posted (laughs) if I can ever master sugaring or not, but that's where I'm at. And, um, probably my strongest area in as an esthetician is my ability. I think it comes back to connection as well is to connect, especially doing facials, but overall with all my surfaces. And what I mean by that is to connect with my clients and meet them where they're at and kind of tailor their service for how they are feeling at the time. And it's going to be different every time. And of course it's different with every client And maybe every esthetician does this, I'm not sure, but it's something I kind of have just learned and I pride myself on is you can feel somebody's energy when they walk in the room, right? And whether you know that person or not. And so just kind of meeting them where they're at, being like a listening ear if they need to be, kind of just tuning in to what they need and then giving their service based on that and like letting go of your own needs at the time, right? I think it's easier said than done. And so that would probably be my strongest. Mm. I love that answer more than you know, (laughs) because I think it is number one, a gift. I also think it's something that you can and should learn how to do. I loved being in the treatment room for that same reason. I loved just walking away from myself. Yeah. And just completely tuning in and loving and serving whoever was on my table, even though, you know, if I was never going to see them again, didn't really matter, you know, or if I did know them really well, you know, and I saw them every month, it was just so nice to leave everything at the door and be able to tune yourself into whoever is on your table and just pour yourself into them. It's a beautiful, you know, transaction. It's a beautiful experience. And one of my favorite things about being an esthetician, I just love that answer. Thank you. And I, I think it's for estheticians and service providers who are listening, I think it can be so easy to have a flipped mindset about that and let that type of energy take something from you. And I think um, it's kind of turned a little trendy, even on social media, like you have to protect your energy, you have to put these walls up. 
you still do your service and whatever, but don't let basically their energy get on you and absorb you. And then you take that with you, which can happen, especially if you're not in a great place or a great mindset for that and aware. But if you flip that mindset and just realize it, it can be so fulfilling for you to like serve and love and help somebody where they're at. Yeah. And then if you can take that positive feeling away, like it is so beautiful and it actually can like fill your soul with so yeah. much love. So I don't know, just a little tidbit. If you can try and flip that mindset, it can be really beautiful. I love that. It's a really, really good advice and so important, especially if you're new to the industry to yeah. keep that in mind. Thank you. Number nine, just kidding. Number eight, <laughs> is there anything about you that you think people would be surprised to learn? Yes. So my – you're laughing because Jessica already knows us, but that's okay. Uh, the rest of <laughs> you it's shocking. Don't. It's shocking. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my branding for my business is very on brand and it's very pink and it always has been. And so everything I show up online as is pink. Like if you probably see something pink, you're going to think sweet cheeks, Tiffany. Um, so most assume that my favorite color is pink, but my favorite color is actually blue. I know. Shocking, I know. Can't get over I, it. <laughs> I don't know if that's that interesting or not. But yeah. Oh my gosh. I just still am processing it. I've known this for a month and I'm still like, is that real? Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why. I just think that is so funny. And it is, yes, it is something people will be surprised to learn. I know yeah. it for sure. <laughs> Number nine, what do you do in your spare time when you're not being a business owner and a mom or wife, or is there such a thing for you? I think there's definitely seasons for me to be able to fill that cup in my life. And I wouldn't say I'm in that season right now because we just came out of the holidays. So of course, like I've been in mom, wife, family mode. And then we're also in a new year. And so I'm also like throwing myself into my goals and my vision for my businesses. So when I am not in those seasons and there, I hate to say it, they're few and far between. I need to like nourish them, but I love music. I love going to concerts. I went to Taylor Swift this last year. It was amazing. I have Zach Bryan on the books for this coming June, and I'm so excited to see him. He's one of my favorite artists. So I definitely love that. I love to spend time with my friends and I love to like, just when I'm with my friends, like be fully on and talk and like stay up you know, till all hours of the night and like talk life stuff and basically have like a grown up sleepover. That's really what I love to do. I also love to hike and I love to be outdoors and to connect with nature and stuff like that. Those are usually tied in with family stuff too, though. So yeah. I'm kind of glad that you threw that on. Like if there's, if there is that for you, because sometimes there's not, and mm -hmm. it's actually some good reflection Yeah, and maybe something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 10, what advice would you give your younger self? Mm, okay. I have so much. In a nutshell, definitely start before you're ready. 
And I have always been relatively good at this because I truly believe like so many decisions that have led me to the successes in my life have been led by another force. I've just basically been like in the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. And I love when that happens actually, because things just transpire that don't even feel like that's within my control. Again, though, I would, I would definitely start before I'm ready. You know, I spent, I think about like my early twenties when I came out of high school or, you know, late teens, early twenties, when I came out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I spent a ton of wasted time and money at college. I never got a degree. I was just kind of aimless. And I really, if I could go back and tell her, like, just sit and focus, pick something. I wanted to go to nursing school, but I didn't. I wish I had so that I had that degree under my belt because I, the time and money I spent at college, I could have gotten my nursing degree with that. And I did it because I just like didn't know. So that would probably be my biggest advice. And probably to like not shy away from the fear of doing things either. I love the quote, feel the fear and do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And like, I love that now in my life, but back then, <laughs> especially in my early twenties, I shied away from all things, scary, all things, vulnerable, all things outside my comfort zone. Um, so if I could go back, I definitely would have just like jumped in headfirst mm-hmm. and just done it anyways. Oh, I love that. It's such a great answer. Okay. Uh, that, that is it for your, that was all 10. That was all 10. Look at us like getting that done very quickly. (laughs) Well, that's because I have a a bonus round, but we're going to leave that for later if we have time. (laughs) Okay. So we're probably going to have to cut this out of the episode. Maybe, maybe not. I printed the wrong thing. So I don't have my questions for you, but I know where they are. I know. I told you guys it's Monday. So maybe you're going to hear this. Maybe you're not. I I know what they are. Would just be really nice to have them in front of you. Oh, here they are. Okay. 10 questions for Jess. Number one question, what is your love language? And just for those that don't know what a love language is, love languages are defined as like words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, gifts, physical touch. There's like five main ones. So what is yours? The way that I receive love is a physical touch and words of affirmation. Mm. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want time. You don't want. <laughs> and if you actually knew me, you can laugh because you know that it is one million percent true. <laughs> is it the same way you give love? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, obviously, it depends on the situation. But you know, we were talking earlier. I love giving gifts. I love giving gifts. And that has just been for me in the last, I don't know, maybe seven years or so that I am obsessed with giving people gifts. I just love it. Uh, It makes me really happy to just know that people know that I'm thinking of them and I love taking care of them and making them happy and giving them thoughtful gifts. So yeah, it's, it's different for me realizing that. I never knew that about myself until recently, but I do. I really love it. 
and you're really good at it. We were talking about it before we hopped on this episode for recording actually what a great gift giver you are. And it's not everybody's a great gift giver and not everybody is a thoughtful gift giver. So it's like a gift that you have to be able to give good gifts. And I love that about you so much. Thank you. Okay. Your favorite place to shop besides Express. Yeah. So hard because all of my clothes come from Express, probably 90% of them. However, I have been really into the cider app lately. So I like to shop on the cider app. Have you, are you aware of that? Yeah, actually okay. I have. I've gotten some really cute pants from cider and it's yes. top and it's oh. actually so affordable. So affordable. Yes. So I love the Cider app. And you know what? Sometimes I really just land on online boutiques. Like I don't think that there's stores. I just – and I don't like to go shopping into stores. I'm not a shopper. I really don't enjoy that. And so there are some online boutiques that I kind of will randomly run into like uh, Puddle and Pup or I don't even know. Lime, Lime Lush is a really good one. Um, and then, you know what, there's basics that I find on Amazon, like what I'm wearing right now, (laughs) like, you know, there's some, but usually I find these through influencers, honestly, and they're Amazon stores, but, uh, yeah, so it's kind of random. I don't know if there's like one particular place besides Express. I'm telling you, Express just has all of the best business basics. (laughs) Um, you know, but if the thing is like, I only dress nice if I'm working, I'm usually in sweats or leggings. I own probably 80 pairs of leggings and I just wear hoodies and t-shirts. I'm actually a t-shirt whore. I love t-shirts more than anything in the world. (laughs) I love that. You have a really great style. Even when you're in your sweats, you still like have a high quality stuff. Like I'm pretty good at picking up that kind of stuff. And I'm always asking you like, what are you wearing and where is it from? Yeah. too. So I love that about you. You do have great style. You could do like a a blog about that or something and share because I'm sure everybody would love to know where your stuff comes from. Thank you. I do believe in being comfortable. I will say so one of my cute friends, Lauren, she's my esthetician and one of my spa partners. She is like, I love your set. You are you uncomfortable? Right. Cause I will like wear blazers and heels sometimes, but I will never actually wear anything that is uncomfortable. So if you ever see me, like I'm giving a presentation or whatever, and I am in a dress and heels, trust me, those heels are comfortable <laughs> else. I would not be wearing them. <laughs> that is actually such great life advice, right? Yeah. Because especially oh, yeah. if you're, say you're like to have your physical state comfortable while your internal state is uncomfortable, right? Like you can speak in front of a Thank you. Front of thousands of people and be comfortable. Not everybody can. But to realize like being comfortable in an uncomfortable state, that's actually mm-hmm. really great life advice. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you. I'm going to emulate that. Okay. Number three, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my gosh. I'm... I always wanted to be on stage doing something, but probably teaching. You know, I used to play school when I was little. I loved that. Like, I always wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be an educator, or I for sure was going to be a rock star. Like, no question. Oh my gosh, I love that. 
much. And look at you now. You are on stage in multiple facets of your life mm-hmm. and you are a wonderful educator. Thank you. Like your dreams came true. And you know what? Rock star status. Here we come. <laughs> I totally should just like believe that I was doing concerts in my bedroom, like million percent. I was like in another life. I am for sure a famous singer, like no doubt. Same. That's what I love about you because I was the same way. I can't sing for the life of me. I still do it, but another life definitely there's something in us i think yeah, sure. love it. race car drivers and singers. Oh, yeah. yes 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 Soul sisters you guys okay number four what does your current workout routine look like right now Mm-hmm. This is like that question of the day because I started prep for my competition season this morning. So my workouts now are looking like a lot of lifting weights and a lot of cardio. And um, yeah, so I'll be doing 40 minutes of steady state cardio three days a week. I'll do 15 minutes of hit cardio three times a week. I'll take a rest day and then I lift weights six days per week. Nice. Yeah. That sounds intense. Not going to lie. Is it? Um, for me, <laughs> for the average person, it is a bit. Yeah. Yeah. For me, no. For me, this is a really good – we are starting a little bit – more intense than we normally would. We're going to do things a little bit different this season than I've ever done before. So um, this is an abnormal amount of cardio to start with. I definitely would normally do uh, like 20 minutes steady state cardio and maybe 12 minutes of hit cardio on the other days, but we're going to do it a little different and uh, just see what happens. We kind of have some different, different plans. So that's started this morning. I love that. Yeah, I'm stoked. I literally love cardio. I do. I really do. I love lifting weights. Don't get me wrong, but cardio for me is like meditation, and I I love it. It makes me feel so awesome, and I love being in this routine. I really do. I really really love it. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I can't you. wait to see what this season brings for you. Yay, me too. Um, okay. Well, that's going to tie in that your meditative cardio to our number six question, but we're going to get there in a minute. So we're going to circle back to that. Number five though, first, do you want kids? No, no. And I know I can't just say that without, (laughs) (laughs) um, I love kids and I've been around kids my entire life. So when I was growing up from the time I was born until I moved out when I was 18, my mom had a daycare in our home. And so I grew up with kids and it's changed my perspective on the reality of having kids and what that really looks like. And so I've seen that. I have I have seen having kids from an entirely different perspective, you know, than somebody who didn't grow up that way. In addition to that, my mom had my uh, my best friend, my little sister, Ty. She came along when I was almost 12. I had been the youngest in my family until then. And so I also got a look at that, right? And uh, having that very close to home. And then I, my first nephew. So we have nine total and another one on the way. 
but he was born around the same time that Ty was or or just after, uh, a few years after. And so I... I love kids and I am really good with kids actually. I do have a very natural motherly instinct as soon as I get around them. I love them. I love communicating with them. I can read them emotionally very well and and I really enjoy kids. And it was something that I always thought would happen for me. It just wasn't until a few years ago that I kind of I'm echoing again. I kind of just accepted that my life probably wasn't going to go that direction and that I didn't mind. Yeah. And so at this point, you know, I'm 37 and it's not out of the cards for me. I don't want to say that because if somebody came along that I had an amazing relationship with and that happened, I would actually be thrilled about it and I would trust that that was where my life was meant to go. It's just at this time, that's not a situation that I'm in and I'm completely at peace with not having kids and I'm not going to seek out a relationship just for that reason, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that's just great advice for, for others to hear, like having peace with where you're at. Yeah. And, and I will add this to it too. And I know that we've talked about this before, but you know, when I did come to that conclusion a few years ago that I was like, you know what, my life probably isn't going to go this direction. The immediate thought that I had is what could that mean for me? Okay. I felt like that would give me an opportunity to help the masses in different ways. It would just, you know, open up an opportunity for me to travel the world or travel more and just help people in so many different ways. And so, you know, I, I've never felt like my clock was ticking, but my clock is ticking to help help the world in different ways. And so I think that's another reason why I'm so at peace with it is that I have a lot more meaning. I I just, I think kids can bring a lot of joy and a lot of meaning into people's lives, but I think your life can a million percent have meaning without that also. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I think so probably just progressive for you to like lead with that mindset for others, for yourself and others that it doesn't have to be like an ending to come to that conclusion. No, not even a little bit. Not at all. No. Love that so much. Thank you. Okay. Number six, what is your go-to trauma response? (laughs) And so for those listening that maybe don't know this concept, we all have an immediate response to trauma, commonly known as fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And so I know what yours is, but also I want you to share. Well, I've given this a lot of thought because we've had this conversation before, but I will definitely do two things. I will take flight, like see you later. I'm out. Don't want to deal with it. Completely detach. But my other one is fawn. I will definitely start to people please to keep, you know, things at peace um, or keep the peace and not have to deal with it, not have to deal with the trauma of not keeping the peace. (laughs) So I find myself doing one or the other and I'm not sure, you know, what 
I do the most of. I think every situation is just a little bit different. I mean, honestly, like in a family situation, I will fly. I'm like, bye. (laughs) I'm out. I'm mad. Like I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I don't want to deal with this and I'll just take off. But sometimes in relationships and friendships, I I will actually fawn very quickly and just be like, nope, got to keep the peace because there's too much discomfort and not keeping the peace. So it's one or the other in different situations. Yeah. I think just knowing yourself and knowing that is so huge. So for those listening that haven't explored that, I mean, just do some Google research and just really sit with yourself and think about how you respond in certain situations. It can be so powerful to Mm -hmm. get to know yourself and to help understand other people that you have relationships with, um, their trauma responses, and Mm -hmm. then you can understand why it is they react the way they react. Yep. And you don't take it personal. But also your flight, that is probably why running is so meditative for you. Yeah. Because it's truly like you're regulating your system through cardio and through running. Yeah. Right. So I love that. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, what is your anthem song for your life? <laughs> You know you know what it is already. It is Free Bird by Leonard Skinner. I love it. But you know what? My other one that's not surprising as well is Frank Sinatra, My Way. Yeah. Really? Yes. They played that song at my uncle's funeral in 2020. And I was like, this is my jam. <laughs> if you have not heard that song, you guys, like, oh my gosh, you have to listen to that song. So yeah, those two songs definitely, yes, my yeah. thumbs. Yeah. But but Free Bird is like number one. I, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will never not listen to that song again and not think of you. Thank you. That's a compliment. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What is your best advice for anyone in the skincare industry? Wow. That is broad. So broad. Okay. So, um, I mean, you narrow it down where your mind goes. Well, you know, I immediately like, let's say we're talking to students, right? Let's say we're talking to someone who's like just getting into skincare. You have to number one, have a vision for yourself. And then number two, you're really going to have to work your butt off. Like you have to have a strong work ethic. And so it would be those two things. It would be to have a vision and to keep your vision. But number two, to really work on your work ethic and you know, the, just the no excuses, working hard mentality that we have lost. And I really want to bring that back because your work ethic will decide your outcome. And in this industry, success doesn't necessarily come easy. And so, yeah, you're going to have to have a vision and you're going to have to work hard. You, you cannot shy away from that and you can't get away from it. So important. Such great advice. And vision for sure. But yeah, and you got to be able to like put that vision to work and take action with it. Absolutely. And work hard. Absolutely. You know, you're going to go through times where you're like, is this, did I do the right thing? Yeah. Yes, you did. But you got to be patient and you got to work a little harder (laughs) to, to get to that vision and hold that vision. 
and you know what the third thing would be to keep a really open mind and a really open heart because your vision is going to change as you learn more in the industry and as you learn more about yourself my path has been insane because i stayed really open to different possibilities And what I love about this industry is that there are so many options. There's a lot of growth available to you and and different paths you can take and different things that you can do. And so you have to stay really open to that too. Like don't put yourself in a box. Do not put yourself in a box because – oh my gosh, you're going to be missing out on everything that's possible for you. If you just want to sit in a box and say, I only want to work for a plastic surgeon. I only want to work in a med spa. I only want to do this. You're going to be completely missing out on so many other beautiful things that could have actually been better for you and offered you more growth. So yeah, those are my top top three things. Those are really good advice. Thank you. Um, where do you want to travel to? Like country-wise? Where would, if you got on tomorrow, Italy. Italy and Africa. Yeah, for sure. No questions. Those would be the first two places I want to go. Cut and dry. I love that you know. I know for sure. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Last question. What do you want to accomplish in 2024? This is a broad one. I know. Well, we're going to have a whole like episode about this too coming up. But 2024, I really want to focus more on my coaching and mentoring business and this podcast. Um, There's changes that I'm making in my territory with eminence. I uh, won't be working in Utah as much this year. And this, you know, I've I've been a little bit open about it, um, but I want to travel a little bit less And there's personal reasons behind that, but it's also just refocusing my energy a little bit. I, as a rep, I've spread myself pretty thin and I'm extremely aware of it. I'm extremely aware. I I haven't, I wasn't until last fall, but I cannot give 90 spas 110%. And so I had to check my ego and and check myself and be really honest with myself and the people that I work with and and just saying I I really actually think you deserve better. It's not it's not that I I'm not good at what I do cuz I am, but you I've spread myself a little bit too thin and so that's a big goal for me is to cut down on that and make sure that they're really well trained and taken care of. Everybody that I won't be working with anymore and they will be. And I feel really good about that because I think that they deserve better and they deserve more energy. And so, yeah, uh, there's a lot of really big shifts happening with my career, but I feel a million percent about all of them. And so that's my focus for 2024. So this podcast with you is a big deal to me. Um, My my coaching, my mentoring, I'd really like my website. Uh, I really want to launch my website like a month ago. (laughs) I'm working on it. And uh, yeah, and and then just uh, uh, traveling a little bit less this year for work. I think like the awareness that you have is so important to touch on. <sighs> you know, I'm painfully self-aware. Being self-aware, self-aware like ruins my life. 
times because I am deeply self-aware too. And sometimes it's a pain in the ass. It honestly is. Yes, it honestly is. But knowing where you're going and having the clear vision that you do, being aware is so important because to get to where you're going, you know that you have to adjust and shift things. Mm -hmm. And that awareness is so huge. Yeah. Something I think we can all like pull from that energy and be inspired by. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That was so fun. Yay. That was so fun. Let's take five minutes and do a bonus round. Okay. You guys, Tiff, what is your favorite kind of ice cream? Anything cookie dough. I know. Um, Secondary chocolate for sure. Mm -hmm. But you throw some cookie dough. I mean, ideally chocolate with cookie dough, but not most places make that. It's true. (laughs) Dairy Queen. You can get chocolate based. Every time I say, say, do you want your blizzard in vanilla? They say, no, please chocolate. Like honestly, it's kind of a silly question. I love it though. (laughs) What is yours? Anything chocolate, and if you throw some peanut butter in there, I'm game. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, did you ever cheat in aesthetic school? Oh, um, was so long ago. Like cheat how? Because obviously, you can't really cheat on your practical or your exam. Like your student stuff, like your, your stuff in school. You guys, my aesthetics school was – basically, we we were a class of four. It was the first skincare class that they brought in. It's actually a hair school. They had no idea what they were doing. Basically, we were the teachers and the educators. So, no, I didn't. We kept our instructors accountable for being there and making sure that we – somewhat got set up for our exam to pass state boards. I don't even know how we did. So no, I mean, truly like it was such a weird experience. I think most people's aesthetic experience through school is it was not structured at all. Hmm. Well, you've done good for yourself. Yeah. I mean, again, I wasn't driving the car, obviously. (laughs) What about you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely cheated a lot. But also, I feel like your program was probably so much more regimented. It was very long than mine. Yeah, you know what? I I went to the Skin Institute in St. George, Utah, and 11 out of 10 recommend that people go live there for a while and do their schooling there because it is – phenomenal. Um, I I had an incredible education and I actually do attribute a lot of my success to everything that I learned in school and how well versed it was. Like we we talked a lot about retail sales and um, professionalism and, and stuff like that. And uh, um, but I totally cheated. And I'll tell you what I cheated on with body treatments. I, I hated them. I was so uncomfortable, like didn't want to do it. And I, I never did one, but I kept like saying that I did. Like I kept getting it signed off and I don't even remember how I was doing that. And then you want to know the worst part about it? What? I was the only one that passed the practical. How? I don't know. I honestly like that's a great question. So you guys, I have a photographic memory. That's and I yeah, I'm a visual learner. And so once I just like I can walk through things in my head and so then it's not hard for me to do things. If if I can see myself doing it and I can just walk through the motions. 
yeah. So I felt bad for everybody else because <laughs> nobody else passed. I, yeah. And, and I literally graduated like top three in, in my basics and my master's classes. Not surprised. But I, I don't – yeah, I don't know. I, school was – I don't know. I'm really- I think we – it's important to say so many people don't pass their practical. Oh, yeah. Their- no. They don't. And it's so like – I see in these esthetician groups that I'm in on Facebook, girls just like it derailing their whole <laughs> identity because they didn't pass. So many people don't. I don't know how I passed either, to be honest. And you know what? Uh, you do not need to feel that way. If it makes anybody feel better, when I moved back to Idaho, I had to retake my driver's test and I failed so many times. Like, you guys, I, but I'm a good driver, okay? Like, sometimes I think taking tests is so intimidating. And I do work with hundreds and hundreds of students at any given time right now. And um, the best advice I could give you is just take your freaking test, even if you're stressed out of your mind. And if you don't do good the first time, you're going to learn and you're going to do better the second time. But you guys have to realize that so many people don't pass. And sometimes it's for really silly things. And yeah. it means literally nothing. It nothing. means nothing. What's going to mean something is if you cheat yourself by just never doing it because you're too afraid or feeling yeah. once and then not doing it again and throwing everything away is stupid. So stupid. Don't do yeah. it. I mean, j- there's no shame in not passing because mm-hmm. it's literally so many people don't pass. It's true. And- I love that analogy. Like, don't cheat yourself. Mm-hmm. Throw away what you could have. And also, like, the stuff that they test you on, really, I don't know. I probably can oh, yeah. them if I took it tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I am supposed to – I'm not licensed in Idaho for that reason because they want me to retake my test. I can't even remember why because I, – I, and I was like, bro, no. No, I'm not retaking my test. I will if I have to. I don't have to. I don't actually need to. But but it is like um, because they test you on such weird things. And that's also why you can't feel bad about it is because the things that they're testing you on are like odd. So odd. And things that you can like – there's resources for if it comes up in your business yeah. or your practice or in the treatment room that – I don't know. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It is so question. silly. So silly. I love this bonus round though. Okay. How many piercings do you have at this point? So many. Let me count. So we brought a piercer into our business <laughs> six months ago. Her name is Chloe and she's amazing. She's so cute. Also, it's so easy. Like they're addicting. Yeah. <laughs> I have a ton of cartilage piercings now and I only ever had like my, my lobes and my seconds plus like TMI, a nipple piercing from years ago. Um, but I've got a ton of cartilage piercings now too. I think like I've gotten four or five piercings and my nose piercing. I forget about that one too. Oh, I this year that. alone, it's insane. Yeah, that's and a lot. No, they're so empowering. I love them. And I don't have tattoos. So that's like an outlet for me. It's yeah. just like, hit a hole in my body because I haven't like taken the plunge into tattoos. I don't know if I ever will. Yeah, we're opposite. Yeah. Yeah. How many do you have? Is it piercings? Yeah. I just have my – I have two holes in my ears. Okay. And I have a hole in my belly button, but I have not had mm-hmm. anything in there for a very long time. 
same yeah i could probably still get something through it i could for sure i could if i wanted to yeah i forgot about that one too yeah those were so in in like 2005 i know so man um but i have a lot of tattoos how many tattoos do you have yeah so now i have one two three four five i have like six now maybe three about six tattoos i think will you get more yeah, probably. Freak. They, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the funny, like I did try to go through tattoo removal because I had one that I didn't like. And so I was like, let's remove that one and the other ones. And my skin doesn't get rid of ink. Mm. I'm like one of those one-off cases where laser doesn't really work. And so I accepted at that point that I loved tattoos and now I'm just over it. And so I look at tattoos all day long on Pinterest. Do you? Oh, I oh love my goodness. That. I love them. And it's funny when I'm working with a group of people, I am like things are coming out of my mouth, but I'm actually probably looking at your tattoos. Oh, I love to. <laughs> I always have, I'm like, I love your tattoo. Like I will stop a middle yeah. of the presentation and just be like, oh my gosh, I I love your tattoo. <laughs> and they're like, wow. Our massages on during the facial with yeah. people that have like a full sleeve and it's very intricate. I will just like, you know, there are massages probably double the amount normal because I'm actually <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, I love them. I love them so much. Okay. Last question. If you were arrested, what would it be for? <laughs> Definitely speeding, probably. Same. <laughs> too many tickets. Yeah. yeah. I'm driving way too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm such a rule follower. I'm not really a rule breaker. So that's kind of boring, but I love to drive fast and I'm known for driving fast in my family and mm-hmm. I always like to slow the F down. Um, and I've only ever gotten a couple speeding tickets. Wow. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that because the cop to population ratio yeah partially <laughs> they're like there's two cops here so yeah partially, yes. <laughs> that's so funny I love that well we're gonna go ahead and wrap up that was such a fun episode such a fun way to just get to know each other and let our audience get to know each other on a deeper level and so um do you have anything else that you want to add today I don't think so. Just thank you guys for being here and listening in and we're so grateful for you and yeah, definitely follow us. I think on social media, if you want to connect further and you're not already a follower of ours, so we'll put our handles in the show notes for Mm -hmm. you, but I am Tiffany or at sweet cheeks university or at sweet cheeks waxing skincare on Instagram and Facebook. And Jess, do you want to share yours? Yeah. Um, my coaching page, which is where I would love for you to follow me, is at the underscore SD with an E underscore coach. Yes. Yes. Please give us a follow. Please reach out. And like mm-hmm. so many people say, like, I don't check my DMs. I don't know about you, Jess, but I definitely do. And I definitely want to yes. connect mm-hmm. and talk to you. And so please don't hesitate. Give us a follow, reach out, let us know, you know, what you liked from this episode, what you'd like to hear from us. Mm -hmm. I think that would be helpful as we move forward and create more shows. Absolutely. Do you want to do our sign off for us, Jess? Yes. So remember to have pretty dreams and we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys. See you later. Bye.
拜。